Good evening, everybody. It is the evening of Thursday, September 23rd, and you are listening to the sixth episode of the Give Me the Points podcast. This marks the 20th anniversary of the birth of the GOAT. 20 years ago today, Tom Brady made his appearance. Uh, Drew Bledsoe got hit, concussion, punctured lung, internal bleeding, was taken out of the game, and it was the beginning of what we know as the greatest career by any NFL player ever. Tom Brady's still going strong. Two weeks in, he's got nine touchdowns. He's got 17 touchdowns over his last four games, four regular season games played. Um, He's fantastic still at this, what, 43 years old. It's incredible. But, yeah, I got as a New England fan, I got to witness this career. I got to witness six Super Bowl championships. That's more than, than, you know, some – teams will have in two, three generations. They could go four and 13 for the rest of my life. And I still have to be grateful for what I got to witness as a fan, six Super Bowl championships. You can't ask for much more, but enough with that. Um, We want to go over what happened last week and get into our plays for this week. Uh, Last week we did go nine and one. Our one loss was the five unit play on the chiefs. But we did hit our two three-unit plays, and then we hit seven of our one-unit plays. Um, We'll start off with the college football. Uh, Actually, we'll start with NFL because our first play was an NFL game. Our first play was the Giants plus three and a half on Thursday Night Football last week. Great game. Um, Super fun to watch. Giants should have won the game. Slayton dropped that ball. Yes, Daniel Jones could have thrown it, you know, half a yard less. But Slayton's got to catch that ball. Um, Daniel Jones' rushing touchdown never should have been called back. That was a garbage holding call. But regardless, they covered the spread. They covered the three and a half. They ended up losing by one point. So that was our first win of the week. Uh, Our second win in the NFL going into the one o'clock games was the – trying to blank here. Oh, the Bills. Three-unit play, minus three. crushed them 35 nothing it was just this is the bills that we expected to see yes Miami's not fantastic yes Tua got hurt but this is the bills we expected to see a stout defense um, and the offense just moving the ball downfield at will Josh Allen still didn't look that great Um, they had a lot of rushing touchdowns so Josh Allen still has yet to have his breakout game of the year and we'll cover that because we think that's coming up this week. But that was our first three-unit play that hit, so that put us at 2-0. and uh, The next one was the Patriots under. We took uh, under 43. It was 25-6. to They beat the Jets. Never had a chance to hit the over. Um, New England looked good. The defense is very, very good. And Mac Jones continues to look impressive. Um, our next play that we hit was the over in the Falcons versus the Buccaneers game. We took over 51 and a half in that game. It tallied 73 points. It crushed and it crushed quickly. Tampa's offense is incredible and their defense looks questionable at times. So we might be getting on some Tampa overs a lot this year, but hey, if they're hitting, who cares? Don't fix what ain't broke. Our next one was another three unit play. It was the Cowboys plus three and a half. We took them against the Chargers on the road. They won the game outright, 20-17. to 17. 
Dak Prescott did not look very good, but the Chargers continued to do what they did in week one, and they struggled to score in the red zone. Um, I think they need to create a legit ground game and not just a Austin Eckler dump game. Um, they're going to struggle to score in the red zone this year if they can't get something going on the ground. So the Cowboys plus three and a half hits. Um, and then that leads us into the Sunday night game. The Chiefs, we took the Chiefs minus three at five units, had an 11 point lead, and their defense is bad, especially the red zone defense. I think they've let up a touchdown on all eight drives into the red zone this year. That's not good. Steve Spagnola needs to be on the hot seat. They need to figure something out, and they need to figure it out quickly. An 11-point lead late in the third quarter. They should have covered those three points, but they did not. They should have won the game. Had no, you know, The win had no effect on us. But why are you giving Clyde Edwards a layer of the ball there? I get you want to run the clock down as much as you can and kick the game-winning field goal but I'm not taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. I'm trusting him to make the right play, whether it be with his legs or whether it be a check down for five or six yards to Travis Kelsey. Regardless, the Ravens forced a fumble, ended up winning the game. Um, next game was the Monday night game. We had the over 48.5 in the Packers-Lions. Lions had the lead 17-14.5, and, and when that was the halftime score, I almost knew that the over was going to hit. Um the Packers came out, looked impressive in the second half. The Lions tried to play like a three, two or three shell coverage, and they tried to test Aaron Rodgers' patience and make him, you know, throw checkdowns all night. And he did that. He did hit the deep ball, you know, the couple deep balls that he threw. But you give Aaron Rodgers seven or eight yards at a time, and you let Aaron Jones run the ball effectively, you're not going to be able to beat the Packers. And that's exactly what happened. The Packers ended up winning the game 35-17. So that put us at what six and six and one, yeah, six and one in the NFL. Um, and then we had three college plays. Uh, we had West Virginia minus two and a half, which we posted to our story before kickoff. West Virginia made a defensive stand on fourth and goal with like ten seconds left or something like that to win the game. Um, they ended up winning by six. They had a big lead. They were up twenty-one but they let Virginia Tech crawl back into it. Regardless, they still covered the two and a half points, so that was a win. And then our two top 25 matchups, we took the over 59 and a half in the Alabama-Florida game. Alabama ended up winning that game 31 to 29. Florida had a really good chance uh, to tie that game late. They had a two-point conversion to tie it. They couldn't get it done. Alabama uh, held off, won the game 31-29 to hit 60 total points and hit the over by half a point. And then our other college play was BYU plus three and a half. And they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. They controlled the clock. They shut down the pass um, and they won the game outright. BYU's legit. They're really tough at home. I don't, you know, when I say they're legit, I think they're a, very, they're a good football team. Do I think that they're, you know, a top 10 football team? Absolutely not. But they are a good football team and Arizona State is not. So BYU plus three and a half. That was nice. That put us at nine and one for the week. Um, the five unit loss did hurt, but we still ended up what well, we profit. What six point three plus? We ended up profiting seven units on the week. Um, so that's still a really good week. Uh, even if we would have played all one unit plays, we would have profited the same thing. So the two three unit plays ended up canceling out the five unit loss. So that leads us into week three 
of the NFL season and week four of the college football season. No five-unit plays this week, disclaimer. No five-unit plays. There's nothing that we're super confident in. Even though we were super, super confident in the Chiefs, it lost, but we're not super confident in anything to throw five units down this week. We do have a couple threes and a two-unit play, and the rest are one-unit plays. I will let you know what they are so there is no confusion. Um, the first play we're going to go with, we're going to go Buffalo versus the Washington football team. Buffalo is coming in at, I think, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under sitting at 45-and-a-half. Um, we're going to get on the over in this game. And that's, like I said, I think you know we're waiting on Josh Allen's legit breakout game. And Washington has been exposed downfield. Um, they let up. They let Daniel Jones throw some really nice downfield passes, some open passes. Justin Herbert threw for over 300 yards on them. And if there's, you know, there, there's a couple guys in the NFL that you don't want to be vulnerable downfield to, probably three of them to name, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and then Josh Allen. Probably the strongest arm in the NFL. Um, Patrick Mahomes has the strength, but the accuracy added to it. But I think Josh Allen has the strongest arm in the NFL, and I like Stefan Diggs to be able to get downfield in this game. Uh, I really think Buffalo's going to score in the high 20s, and that leads me to what Washington's going to be able to do against Buffalo's defense. Yes, Buffalo's defense has looked good, but I believe it's the caliber of offense they've played against playing into that as well. I'm not saying they're a bad defense but I'm not saying they're as good as the stats are showing right now. The Pittsburgh, the, the performance against Pittsburgh looked really good until Pittsburgh played Vegas. Um, ben Roethlisberger looks like he's about 50 years old. That offensive line is really, really bad. And that affects Najee Harris and his, and, you know, his inability to get anything going. So, the game against Pittsburgh, and then obviously the shutout against Miami, who has no run game, who Tua ended up getting hurt, but Tua stinks anyway, and then they bring in Jacoby Brissett. Um, I just think that Washington's going to be able to run the ball pretty well with Antonio Gibson, and I also think T Taylor Heineke is a spark plug, man. He's impressive. Um, I know we picked the Giants last week, and I kind of dogged Taylor Heineke, but he showed up and he he makes the right throw. Um, I don't know if it's Terry McLaurin is quarterback proof or what, but scary Terry's a stud on the outside. I like the over 45 and a half here. We're going to go one unit on the over 45 and a half in this game. Our next play is going to be a three unit play here. We've got Seattle minus one and a half versus Minnesota. We called it week one early season Russ. There's nothing like it. Russell Wilson is again, you know, I know it's two weeks in, but that's why we call him early season rest. It's, you know, the first four or five, six games. Russ again is the number one rated passer in the NFL through two weeks. Um, and that doesn't bode well for Minnesota. Who's got the 31st ranked pass defense, letting up 78% completion percentage against a super accurate Russell Wilson, who is just gelling with Tyler Lockett. They've got Chris Carson going on the ground and DK Metcalf has yet to have a game. And this is the game where DK Metcalf has a game. Um, Russ hasn't lost back-to-back -back games. Uh, he's done it twice 
I think I read twice in his last 42 starts twice. And he lost last week. So again, I like Seattle's chances of winning this game. I know they lost last year. And then the next game they came out and they won by, I think 38 against the jets. Um, Russ gets pissed when he loses and he doesn't lose back-to-back games very, very often. And then he's seven and zero against Minnesota in his career. Um, that number speaks for itself. It's not like we're saying Seattle is, you know, 52 and nine against Minnesota and teams that are irrelevant. This is Russell Wilson against a current Minnesota team and a Kirk cousins led team. He is seven and zero against Minnesota. Seattle's only given up one and a half points here. We're going to lay three units on Seattle minus one and a half. We think that they win and we think they win handedly. Um, Minnesota's defense is, it's not good. And the way Seattle's offense is clicking, um, I think that they're going to torch them. And I think Russell Wilson has a huge game. So three units, Seattle minus one and a half. Uh, Our next game is a two unit play and it is Green Bay against San Francisco. Green Bay is getting three and a half points here. San Fran did not look good against Philadelphia. Their past five quarters are not impressive. Yes, Green Bay got blown out week one against New Orleans. And yes, they were trailing at half to Detroit. Excuse me. But they looked super good in the second half. And San Fran is already injury riddled. We don't know who's going to play running back for them. Um, Green Bay's secondary has been the question mark but I just don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance or whoever's playing quarterback this week for them to be able to get the ball downfield. Uh, Kittle's going to do Kittle things. I think he'll have a decent game across the middle of the field, but I just like what they got going with Aaron Jones. I like that Rodgers finally got some confidence and connected downfield with uh, Devonta Adams. So giving me what I think is the healthier team, giving me more than a field goal, giving me the three and a half points, we're going to lay two units on Green Bay plus three and a half here against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, our last NFL play is the Las Vegas Raiders are giving up four points against Miami. I'm confused here. I think this line is totally wrong. Um, Vegas has a very good pass rush. They have a quarterback playing the best football of his career. And they're at home in this game. The Dolphins are coming across country and over three time zones to play this game at Vegas against a team that does look legit in a pass rush that looks dominating. Things, you know, quarterbacks that struggle against an elite pass rush, which is what the Raiders are showing right now, are bigger, slower pocket passing quarterbacks. And that's exactly what thick boy Jacoby brisket is. No two of this week. So they're going to have to rely on Jacoby Brissett and miles Gaskin to be able to cancel out Max Crosby and Carl Nassib and Yannick Ngakwe. And I don't think that's going to be possible. Um, I really don't. I really really, And what Miami's defense looked like against Buffalo's run game, who's not a very good run game. I mean, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary don't necessarily torch people. I think, you know, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake should have a pretty good game against them. They had a pretty good game against the Steelers defense, and that's a pretty damn good run defense. 
So we're going to lay three units on Vegas minus four. I never thought I'd be saying that I'd be putting three units on the Las Vegas Raiders this year, but through two weeks, um, through two weeks of watching them and two weeks of watching Miami, I think that there is a large gap in skill and talent and overall football team. And I think four points is not enough. So we're going to lay three units on Las Vegas minus four. That leads me into the two top 25 college football plays. One of these, I am a fan of the team, um, but I still think we're making the right play on it, and I don't think it's a bias pick. The first game we're going to cover is Notre Dame at Wisconsin. Notre Dame getting six and or getting six points. We're going to buy at the six and a half, and we're going to take Notre Dame plus six and a half here. The offense is not the issue for Notre Dame right now. It's the defense. The defense has struggled against Florida State. The defense has struggled against Toledo, and the defense has struggled against Purdue. Yes, they are three and zero. But all three of those games, they were tested. They're battle-tested. And I like that coming into a tough matchup against a Big Ten team. I think that that might you know, play in their favor. Not to mention, we've got Jack Cohn, who I was dead wrong on. I said he is a game manager. He's not going to stretch the field. But that's what we saw at Wisconsin. And he's doing the polar opposite for Notre Dame. Um, he is stretching the field. He's got nine touchdowns on the year. He's averaging over 300 yards a game. He looks good. And this is a redemption game against Wisconsin. And this is his chance to prove that he's better than the guy they replaced him with. And that's Graham Mertz. And I don't think there's any question. Anybody who's watched Notre Dame this year and watched Wisconsin, I don't think there's any question who's got the better quarterback in this matchup. Graham Mertz looks like garbage. Um, I think Notre Dame can keep up with Wisconsin. And I think Kieran Williams has yet to get going on the ground. Do I think he'll get going against a very tough Wisconsin run defense? I don't know. But I do think that the offense will do enough to stay in this game. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to have to rely heavily on the run. And I don't think that they're going to be able to pass the ball through the air. So I don't see a blowout for Wisconsin coming. I think that everything that I'm saying plays in the favor of Notre Dame keeping this game close. I don't, nece- I don't necessarily think they're going to win the game. But I do think they can keep it within six and a half. So we're going to take one unit on Notre Dame plus six and a half here. The next game is Arkansas versus Texas A&M. This game is at Arkansas, the Southwest Classic. Um, Both teams' defenses look really good through three games. But then again, A&M really hasn't played anybody. They've played New Mexico, who's just barely a step above UConn. Um, They've played Colorado, and they've played Kent State. Arkansas did beat Texas. but I still am not sure how good Texas is. Arkansas is getting four and a half points here. I don't want to lay the points. I don't want to take the points. The over-under sitting at 46 and a half. And like I said, both these teams, so far their defenses look really good. But the history of this rivalry, um, and I know I just went back to this with the Seattle-Minnesota thing, so I'm contradicting myself, but college football is different. The history of this rivalry has – the games have almost always been close over the past, as far as I can remember, 15 years. Um, and in the past 12 years, they've only had one game below 49 points, and that was a 41-point game. I just uh, – we're going to take the over here, over 46 and a half. I think that there's a chance that we see 
overtime in this game, and I still think the total is too low. 46.5 in college football is super low for any game outside of, you know, a Big Ten game, and that's the truth. Even if it's SEC football, both these offenses can score 30 points. So I think 46.5, it's too low. Um, I'm almost talking myself out of it. No, nope. We're staying with it. Arkansas versus AM, we're going over for over 46 and a half. So those are our plays for this week. College football wise, we're going Notre Dame plus six and a half against Wisconsin. And then we're taking the over 46 and a half in the Southwest Classic versus Arkansas or Arkansas versus AM. Our NFL plays, the one unit plays. Um, we lost on one already tonight. I posted it on the story. It was the Texans, the score over seven and a half in the first half, and they didn't let Davis Mills throw the ball until the final drive, and he marched downfield in a minute and 10 seconds and scored a touchdown. I don't understand why they consistently ran Phillip Lindsay up the middle for one yard and two yard losses. Um, I get they were trying to play it safe. It was a seven point game. So you're just trying to keep it close. But when, when Christian McCaffrey went down, so yes, those of you that did not watch the game tonight, McCaffrey pulled up with a hamstring injury. Um, I think that Houston needs to start airing the ball out. I think that they might have a legit chance at winning this game because that takes the most dynamic player on the field, if not in the NFL, out of the game. And Sam Darnold's going to have to make it work with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Chuba Hubbard. So I, it's halftime right now. I'm going to go sit back and watch the second half only because I love football, not because I'm interested in this game. It is seven to six at half, so maybe it'll come down to the wire. Um, but so we lost a unit on that. The rest of our plays, the other one unit plays, Buffalo versus Washington over 45 and a half. Um, and that's our only one unit play. Yeah. And then we've got a two unit play on Green Bay plus three and a half versus Sam Fram. A three unit play on Vegas minus four versus the Dolphins. And a three unit play on Seattle minus one and a half versus Minnesota. Um, we're going to post some more plays to the story. I know this isn't a lot, but sometimes, you know, a little is a lot. And we don't want to we don't want to make 10 plays every single week. We really liked what was put in front of us last week and that's why we made 10 plays. This week, we've got six plays. We don't necessarily love the NFL lines. I don't necessarily love the college lines, but the goal was to pick all the top 25 matchups and we're going to stick to that and it's been doing well for us. Um We've done well in NCAA football so far. We're 12 and four. We're plus 8.1 units on college football. And in the NFL, we're 10 and four. We're plus 5.6 units on uh, NFL. So we're sitting at, you know, what, plus 13, plus 14 units. And like I described how a unit was, that is 3% of your bankroll. So if you set aside $5,000 for the football season, um, $50 is a unit. So 3% of your bankroll or 50, I'm sorry, $50 is 1%, 3%. No. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. $50. Sorry. $50 is 1%. So 3% would be $150. That would be one unit. One unit would be $150. If we're up 14 units, you're sitting up what? 15 times 14. 15 times uh, 150 times 14, you're sitting up $2,100. So you've almost gotten what your 45% of your bankroll. So that's good for three weeks. Um, yeah, 
called week zero and then weeks one and two of NFL through three weeks, we've gotten, we're, you know, 45% profit. That's really good. I don't, you know, I would love to keep this pace. I'm going to be realistic. I don't think we keep that pace. That would be a really good return on investment. Um, that means through the NFL season, we'd end up making 400% profit. So on a $5,000 bankroll, you'd walk away up $20,000 on the year. Could we do it? Sure. Are we going to do it? I don't know. I, I'm not going to guarantee that. Just like we went 9-1 and one this week, there's a chance that we're going to have a week that's 1-9. and nine. That's why it's important, um, whether it's us or other handicappers or whatever you follow, um, to not just pick and choose plays that you like. Because you might... If they go seven and three, you might pick their three plays that they lost on, and you think, oh man, you know, these guys screwed me. They suck. No, you just didn't play everything that they played. That's why we do a unit based system. That's why we do bankroll management to, you know, to be effective based off of our plays. Um, you do what you want, it's your money. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money, but how this works and how it's effective over an entire season is playing the plays that are suggested and not just picking and choosing. Um, to each their own, like I said, it's your money. If you didn't like Dallas plus three and a half last week and you went against it and you only played the Chiefs, well, I'm sorry to hear that. That was our one loss, and it sucked because we could have went 10-0. and 0, We could have raked 20 units, and that would have been a great week. But we didn't. So, again, we've got six plays out there for this week. I'm sorry that um, – the podcast was delayed. We had some internet issues last night. We had a torn, like a tornado watch come through here in Pennsylvania, had some rain, knocked out the internet service. And obviously I can't record a podcast without internet. So um, again, thank you to the punch list MMA boys. Uh, if you haven't listened to their newest episode, I suggest you go do so. It was hilarious. Um, they made some good picks and, uh, Trey shit talked my guy, Shia LaBeouf, mistaking him for James Franco. I, I can't, man. Shia LaBeouf is, you know, an otherworldly actor. And if you don't think so, then fuck you. I don't agree with you. Shia LaBeouf is the man. If you, you know, we'll go, you know, Disturbia, yes, good. Eagle Eye, yes, good. Wall Street, good. But if you haven't seen Peanut Butter Falcon, you have to. You need to go watch Peanut Butter Falcon. Just a fantastic movie. Tugs on the heartstrings. Makes you laugh. Makes you think. It's it's such a good movie. Um, yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Just national treasure. And I'm pretty sure that's what Dale called him on, on the uh, Punchless of a May podcast. So that's all I've got for you guys. Since we had to switch the nights, Tyler wasn't available. And that's my fault that I live in Pennsylvania and a tornado came through, but everybody's healthy and that's all we can ask for. And we got to put the product out there. So until next week, guys, good fortune. Keep an eye on the Instagram story. We're going to post more plays. We might dabble in some player props this week because there's not a lot of lines that we like, but I'm sure we can find some value in players. And uh, again, until next week, Tyler, we'll be back. Good fortune to you guys, and let's make this money.